Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. The fear of the Lord is a result of when we see God in His majesty. The fear of the Lord is a result of when we see God in His majesty. And you see Him in His beauty, and you see Him in His glory, and His holiness, and you're like... You know, very similar to uh, the prophet Isaiah, woe is me, I am undone moment, right? There's this moment where you see the glory and the power of God. I want to talk this morning about the fear of the Lord being the fruit of His majesty and the fruit of His love. Because I think it's easy to get stuck in the ooh-ah fear, but there's a fear that we walk in through the love of God. And God wants to remove every other fear in your life. Every other fear got to go, just to put it bluntly. It's got to go, okay? It it got to go, right? It will not stand in His holiness, in His majesty. Everything else fades away. The reason why often we don't walk in the fear of the Lord is because we don't understand the love of God. We don't see it fully. And so what the, I felt like the Lord wanted to do today, and Mika will tell you I've been praying uh, earnestly over this message because I feel like this is a breakthrough message for you. I feel like what the Lord's going to do today is remove the veil that has been over your heart to receiving the love of the Father. We all have it. We all got areas where, yeah, I know that God loves me, and I understand the love of God, and I even understand His majesty, but when things come up, it gets cloudy. It's not quite clear, right? My lens isn't clean, and so God's going to clean our lenses today. I remember the first time I got glasses. I was, wow, it got blurry quick. So I was... um, uh, I had been struggling. My pastor at the time, this was uh, 12 years ago, maybe 11 years ago. Did I get glasses while we were dating? It was after we got married? Okay. So I think while we were dating, I'm sitting where Linus is, and I'm trying to read the words like this. And my pastor's like, dude, you need to get some glasses because... You were squinting way too hard for big words on a screen. I was like, oh, okay. So we went and, and uh, got my eyes checked, and, and uh, we're driving home, and I put the glasses on. I'm like, I can see the trees on the mountains. Like, oh, they're not just green blobs in the distance, you know? I mean, like, oh, there's clarity. Oh, thank you, Lord. And so he's going to give you some new glasses, some new lenses, a way to view God in his holiness and his majesty and his love for you differently than maybe you have seen it up to this point. The fear of the Lord and experiencing the love of God go hand in hand. When you encounter the love of God, a natural response is to recognize his goodness and his majesty. And you begin to see him in his glory and in his love. I think that if we need a perspective shift, if we're struggling with certain areas in our life, and we'll get into that a little bit, but 
the perspective shift is that we can see how he sees us better. We can see how he loves us better. If you have your Bibles, open them to John, 1 John chapter 4, uh, right before that book of Revelation in Jude. So right at the end of your Bible, you might see First and Second Peter, and then you're going to run into 1 John. We're going to look at 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to look at uh, three verses, verses 17 through 19. Say amen when you're there. All right. All right. Good. So it says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. We love him because he first loved us. I just want to make a couple of comments on this section. Um, I think that the concept of we have boldness in the day of judgment, um, I think classically that phrase means that when we stand before Jesus and God the Father and everything is being judged, we can be bold in that moment because we are covered by his love right? We've received the love of God and we, we give our lives to him. We love him because he first loves us. So we experience the love of God. And now we have boldness in that day, in the big D, day of judgment, right? Like it is a day that is coming. Sometimes call it the great and dreadful day of the Lord because not everybody gets to stand with boldness, right? Now, the literal meaning of this phrase is in the hours of decision. In the hours of decision. So for you personally, not only do you have this eternal perspective on boldness, but we can also have boldness in the moment, in the hour where decisions need to be made. Why? Because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. I can have boldness in my moment, in the hour of decision, because as he is, so am I. And if we don't believe fully the love of God, we're like, well, I'm not God. No, you're not. But he's in you. And he loves you and he wants to empower you to be as he is in the world. He left you here to be a witness. He left you here to be his hands and feet. He left you here, right? He could have just said, oh, you're in the kingdom. (laughs) Gone. You know, he could have just like, whoop. You know? I was watching some college football yesterday. There were some whoop moments, right, where somebody thought they were getting a tackle and the dude just stops, goes by. He could have just swooped you out, could have missed the whole thing. He didn't do that. Why? Because he wants the world to see who he is through you. And you can have boldness in the moment of decision to be like him in every moment. Perfect love casts out fear. That means that perfect love makes you bold. 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 
it makes you bold. Because, and, and let me just tell you, he's already given you the context on how to be bold. Because so as he is, so are you. So those little what would Jesus do bracelets, really handy. Really handy. Or it might think, what would Jesus do in this moment? Because as he is, so are you in this world. Even in your boldness. So what is perfect love? Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life, right? We've got Romans chapter 5, which is just an absolute train wreck of grace. I mean, it's just beautiful, right? I mean, it really is. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Perfect love is bigger than what we think it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we love this passage because people who don't like spiritual gifts in motion love this because it comes right in the middle. Well, you're not focused on love. No, yeah, actually we are. So... We've got the, the gifts of the body in, in 1 Corinthians 12, and then 1 Corinthians 14, it gives some details on how do we prophesy and speak in tongues and interpret tongues, and how do we do that in a corporate gathering, and he's giving Corinth, Paul is giving Corinth some direction. In the middle of it, he makes a statement, hey, if you do all these things and you don't have love, you're a, a, a banging gong or a clanging cymbal, right? It, it is not good it, to operate in the gifts without love. And then he describes love like this. He says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. That's a great image of perfect love. Perfect love. And we we even see some images in the Old Testament, right? Uh, How many of you like Jeremiah 2911? Right? I mean, I mean, I, I, I pull out your Pull out your journal, and I guarantee it's got it stamped on the front of it, right? Like every journal has Jeremiah 29, 11 on the front of it, right? Uh, but let me read it in, in a couple extra verses. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Perfect love endures and it's available for you today. God's love for you is perfect. His love doesn't change no matter what you do. His love doesn't change no matter what you do. When you sin, you fail, you miss the mark. When your attitude stinks, you're carrying judgments towards people. 
when you're grounded in bitterness and anger and offense and all that yucky stuff. His love doesn't change. It didn't move. Regardless of what you did, his love never moved. Didn't move. Not an inch. Still right there. And it's perfect love, regardless of what you do. Now, many of you go, yeah, yeah, Chris, I know this. I know. I know his love is patient with me. His love endures, right? Let me just say that it's easy to understand a lot of this thing here, but we've got to move from here to here, from our head to our heart, and in that place, we have to begin to see ourselves in the light of perfect love, fully accepted with all your failures, faults, and foibles, fully accepted with all of the things that you're getting wrong, with all your disappointment. You're still loved by God. We need to have our perspective shifted so that we can experience His love. God, see, His love is always an invitation for us to come and encounter. I'll say it to you guys. His love is always an invitation for us to encounter. It's an invitation to you. And what you choose to do with how God loves you is wholly up to you. Unfortunately, many of us have cloudy lenses. So we can't quite, we know there's an invitation there, but we can't see clearly enough to enter in. So what is the cloud? What's the fog? What is the, what is the blurriness in your vision? It's often deception. Areas where you deceive yourself. You can't blame this one on the devil, even though he's trying to deceive you all the time, right? And there's been areas where the enemy has worked overtime to try and make sure that you're deceived. Listen, you come to the Father and say, God, clean my lenses. Clear up my vision. Help me see clearly because I don't. We know our perspective of God is wrong when we are fearful, when we are hiding, and when we are living in disappointment. Those are the places where we know we're not seeing God clearly. Pride says, no, 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 I see God just right. No, you don't. Because when you see him clearly, he breaks down the wall of separation. When you see him clearly, when you come to him with humility and humbly, we begin to believe him differently. Here are some characteristics of when we don't actually believe that God fully loves us perfectly. Right? We need to go from here to here. Okay? So characteristics. We don't trust God and we have to do things in our own power. We don't see God clearly. Come on, I, I got scales on my eyes sometimes. Like, I'm not even like, I'm not worried about just getting clarity. on. The, I just can't see nothing. Because I'm, I'm fighting to make it done on my own. Nope, not good. It's not a good place to be. 
we don't trust God, we have to do things in our own power. Our hearts become closed to receiving love from others. When our hearts become closed to receiving love from the people around us, it's because we don't see God clearly. We don't understand his love for us clearly. And I, I hope that this is challenging you a little bit. Like, I don't want to make you angry and leave, but I I'm, I'm just feel like we need to challenge some things because we got to get our lenses clean. Are you with me? Okay. We don't trust God and we don't trust other people in our life. Clear characteristic that we don't believe God fully. He's no longer a trustworthy God. And we can't trust other people because we don't trust God. We believe God is angry, he is abusive, we believe that God is aloof, that he is distant, that he's impatient, or he's disappointed with us. Those are all characteristics of we don't actually believe that God loves us perfectly. When we live according to these lies, we will isolate ourselves from God and from others. We will build walls and close people off and close God off from our heart because we believed a lie. We, when we don't see God's perfect love and His majesty, clearly it causes our hearts to close to loving God and loving others, and we become engulfed in self right? Self-protection, self-preservation, self-defense, right? We, 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 we start to be engulfed in my need, me, 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 instead of seeing God's love perfectly, who says that I, 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 I have all of your needs met. I have you. Regardless of your mistakes, regardless of your failures, I got you. I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I will take care of you. Come with me, he says, right? Come with, let me love you so that you can walk out this amazing life that I have for you. But when we get stuck in deception, we close ourselves off to really doing any of that. I, I mean, it's hard in our culture, even church culture, to not be extremely selfish and to make our entire walk about us. Yes, it's about you. It's about your encounter with God. But it's not about your circumstances all the time. Paul said, I know what it means to live large and live little. That's the Bassett version. Right? I, I know what it means to have all of the praise and be stoned in the gate. All that compares is next to nothing to the love of God. It's next to nothing to what he's called me into. If you, if you live life in Christ, constantly worried about your circumstance, you are missing his love. And let me just say, oftentimes, he just wants to connect with your heart so that he can change you, which then can change your circumstances. He wants to change you more than your circumstances because he's good all the time. 
When it's awful and when it's good, he's still there and he's still good. We've been dealing with death lately here in Bonner County. We've had a lot of great people pass away in an untimely fashion. There is a lot of grieving happening in our community. God is still good. I've been telling this story quite a bit lately, and I know that um, if you're familiar with uh, Bill Johnson from Bethel Church, he had a, he had a, um, I was spending some time with him in Hawaii, and um, this was years ago, we were at a conference, and it was just a little room with some tables, and uh, were you there for that? Yeah, Charlene was with me, and um, Bill was sharing about his father's death. Jeremy Camp has a very similar story about his first wife's death where they did everything that they knew how to do. They believed, they prayed, they did all the things that they, 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 they declared healing and his father was dying of cancer and his dad passes away. And the moment that his dad passed, God gets Bill's attention and says, will you worship me in this? Will you worship me in this? And he's like, this is hard. I don't know how to do that. And he says, Bill, this is the only time in all eternity that you'll have to worship me like this because there is no sorrow in heaven. Worship me in your pain because, and that's a, that's a unique sacrifice of praise that you get to bring in this world. That wrecked me. Because God is good, I don't understand what all is going on. And the outcomes aren't the way that I want them. But he's good. And there's a mystery in this that I don't fully understand. But he's good. And he loves me perfectly. He loves me perfectly. He loves me perfectly. In every way, perfect. Perfectly. So we must have a perspective shift We must get some new lenses in order to receive God's perfect love because it's our deception that holds holds God at arm's length. His word is full of how he sees you and how he loves you. If you're struggling with how much God loves you, I really recommend you read Romans 8 over and over and over. If not, try to memorize the whole book, the whole chapter, I mean. (laughs) That's aggressive, Pastor. That's an aggressive ask. Wow. Um, This was something I did under Pastor Dean, um, who is here, as he had me memorize all of Romans chapter 6 and all of Romans chapter 8, just as a as someone who was being discipled by him, that was just what we did. We just memorized large chunks of Scripture. And in memorizing those large chunks of Scripture, transformation happened in my ability to receive love. In fact, while I was memorizing Romans 6, which was all about Christ overcoming the works of the flesh, because he knew me. <laughs> like, you need to memorize Romans 6. Dude. So, <laughs> woo. So as I'm memorizing Romans 6, I started having nightmares, like horrific, blood-curdling, deep soul wound nightmares. 
And I went to him, I'm like, what is going on? I'm memorizing scripture. Things are supposed to get better. And I'm starting to have three nights in a row, I had these horrific nightmares. And, uh, and I didn't know what to do with it. It scared me. I mean, scared me. And he's like, your soul's being purged of strongholds because you're displacing it with the word of God. And it's happening in your sleep. Right? So memorize scripture, right? Memorize it. Get it in you. There's a transformation that happens. Spend time in Romans 8 because he loves you perfectly. The enemy wants guilt and shame and condemnation to rule your life. You didn't do it well enough. You've got made really bad decisions in your past. You're not hearing God well enough, like accusation, 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 accusation. And then you can just stand up and say, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. We are able to then begin to battle the wrong perspective because we have the word in us. And the devil whispers and you say, no, that's not what the word of God says. That's not what the word of God says. He loves me perfectly and I am not condemned. Oh, oh, I, I have this amazing opportunity to have boldness in the day of judgment. Huh, what's... What can man do to me? I'm not going to covet what I don't have. Right? I'm not going to be pining after all the things that I'm missing out in life. Oh. I'm not going to do it. Do you know why? He's all I need. And he loves me perfectly. And he knows what I need more than I do. So I can have confidence in his love for me. To know that in the moment where I'm struggling to understand what's happening, I come and I say, God, I see your majesty and I love you because you love me perfectly. You love me perfectly. And I'm with you and I'm with you. We must see ourselves clearly according to the Perfect love of God. His word is full of how he sees you, how he feels about you, and how he loves you. Can I just say that changing your mind is inviting God to help you change your mind. Can I, we, we've got this concept of repentance, which is changing your mind, right? Repentance is saying, I was thinking this way and I was going this way and God, I don't want that anymore. And so I'm going to turn and go 180 degrees the other direction and I'm believing God in what you say. I believe what your word and I want to think the way you want me to think because the way you think shapes what you say. What you say shapes what you do. What you do creates habits. Habits create character. And if your thinking is off, you will not have godly character. Are you with me? So we have to say, God, I repent. I change my mind. In this place, repentance is not, a lot of people make it like, I was doing this, and now I'm doing this. No, that is not repentance. That's the fruit of repentance. Repentance says, 
I'm thinking this way, and God, I need to look this way. I need to think your way. I need to see this your way. And now, because I'm seeing where to go, I know how to receive the love of God. Now I can move forward. Now I can hear the whisper from heaven and obey that because of what you're doing in me. Because I'm thinking and feeling and experiencing God differently than I was before. Invite God to change your mind. Invite him in to displace a lie with truth. Exchange it. Exchange it. Huh, David? We exchange things, right? If you're going to give something to God, what are you getting in its place? Sometimes you just take in the word and you take in the encouragement and you spend time in worship and you do that stuff and then it will change you because it's displacing things in you. But listen, you have to invite God into that process. Otherwise, it's just works. I tried. I tried reading the Bible. It didn't work. Did you invite God to change your heart? It's not formulas. It's relationship. Are you seeking to know him? Because he's ready to reveal who he is. And in the areas where we're believing a lie, we say, God, I'm giving you the lie. I'm going to give you this old thing. And God, I want to receive your truth about who I am and about what you're calling me into. I want to receive that. Yeah. Seek forgiveness for partnering with the lies that we're, leaving about, we're believing about God and what we're believing about ourselves. If you believe that you are alone, that you're not loved, that your failures are too great, seek forgiveness from the Lord for believing that. And ask Him to come so that you can experience truth. The life in Christ is all about encounters. And if people say, well, no, it's about the quality of your character and about just having the fruit of the Spirit, you can strive for that all day long and not know Jesus. We need encounters with the living God, personal, deep encounters that change us. So if we're not hungering after encountering the truth and the love of God in this exchange process, if we're not saying, God, will you change me? Change me? If we're not doing that, you're not going to hear. He's really good. He might just kick your door down for you. He had to kick one of my doors down for sure, right? He's good. But he wants you to partner in the process with him, not wait for you to well, not wait for him to bludgeon the thing for you to hear it. It's a partnership. Are you guys okay? Are you with me? All right. We must choose to open up ourselves to God's perfect love to be able to enter our hearts. We have to open ourselves up to God's perfect love. We come to God with our bad lenses. We ask him to take the lies that we've believed and we ask us to give us his perspective. And with that, we say, Holy Spirit, come. Fear, go. 
We have walls because we're afraid of what's outside the walls. We have distance because we're afraid of getting hurt again. We're afraid of not being valued. We're afraid of not being heard. We're afraid that if I entrust this to somebody, then they're going to abuse that trust. That disappears when you experience the love of God. It's something that will come up, of course. Right? We're all wounded. <laughs> we all got wounds. We all got hurts. We all got things that the Father wants to come in and heal. And as you experience His perfect love, you learn to trust again. You learn to trust God. You learn to trust others. The transformation in our marriage has been solely about experiencing the goodness of God in my life and in her life. Our encounters with God and the love of God is what causes us to love each other and trust each other the way that we do. And we could try really hard and use every communication tool that we have to try and make sure that we're on the same page and operating in unity. But if we're not being loved by the Father individually experiencing that, then we're coming to have our needs met by each other, and now it's two cockroaches eating off each other. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. You don't have a source. You, you got you to gotta have a host. <laughs> we, have to, we have to come to the Father and receive from Him. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Experience the love of God. So will you stand with me? We're going to take some time to experience the love of the Father. We're going to spend some time in this place. We know that we're, our, our hearts are being closed when we don't trust people when we're experiencing disappointment and frustration. When you encounter the perfect love of God, you move into a place of rest in the midst of your circumstances because you're seeing Him clearly and you understand His love for you. Heavenly Father, I ask right now that you would, in your good pleasure, reach down and touch every heart with your love. That every lens that has been cloudy and foggy and where we have felt that you were distant, where we were experiencing disappointment, frustration, we are experiencing um, that, that moment of absolute dread and fear, whatever that is, God, we come to you with those things right now. We come to you with our, our, the deception that has been in our minds concerning who you are and how good you are. And I'm asking God that you would come, come, Holy Spirit, come and fill your people. And, and God, that they would take those things that they've agreed with, the lies that they've agreed with, and that they would hand them fully to you. That they say, God, I don't want to believe this about you anymore. I don't want to be closed. I don't want to have walls that prevent real relationship anymore.
you need to change your mind, if you need to give something to the Lord, do it now. Say, God, I'm inviting you to help me. And I seek forgiveness for partnering with the lies that I've believed about you and that I've believed about myself. I ask your forgiveness, God. I do not want to leave the same today. I don't want to leave in the cloud again. I don't want to continue in the same path again. This is a resolve that must be in your heart. It must be in your mind. It's a resolve to come to the Lord right now. God, I pray that for those that need their door kicked down, kick it down, God. For those whose walls are so high that they don't know how to let you in, God, I pray that you would just give them insight into how to open their heart to you again right now. This Christian life is simple. God, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I receive your love today. Come on, I want you to just, in your own way, just begin to say, God, I receive your love. I receive your perfect love for me. I receive, God, I receive your love. I receive your love. I'm exchanging my lies for your perfect love. I'm exchanging the deception for perfect love. Invite God in humbly. Don't demand a thing. Just Him. Just Him. It's not about your circumstances. It's not about the outcomes you're looking for. Just Him. Just Him. Just Him. So God, come. Holy Spirit, come. Meet your people. Meet your people right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would meet every person in this room. That you would help them let go of the old ways of seeing and thinking about you. Help them let go of the old ways of seeing and thinking about themselves. That they would see themselves the way that you see them with perfect love. With perfect love. sense that there's an actual exchange going on. God sent his messengers, his angels today to minister to you, each one of you, to take the old scroll that you had written of all your identity, of all of who you are, and to replace it with a scroll from heaven that shows you who he says you are. I just saw it happening in the spirit. I saw angels putting things in people's hands. He's giving you a new identity to begin 
to begin to see according to heaven's vision. He's not viewing you by your failures. He's not viewing you by your mistakes. He's not viewing you by your current station in life. He sees you perfectly in perfect love. So receive that new identity today. Receive his love for you. You are not a failure. You didn't miss it. He's right here. He sees you. You are not hidden. He sees you. You are not hidden. He sees you. You are not hidden. He sees you. He has never rejected you. You don't have to be afraid of him turning his back on you. He's never rejected you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that you've always been tangible. That since the veil was torn, you've been seeking and searching for those who would willingly dwell with you. So God, I pray that everyone would choose to dwell with you, to be in you. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you feel like the walls are too high in your life, like there's too many walls, you're still struggling just to even believe that God loves you perfectly. Will you just raise your hand real quick? Every head bowed, eyes closed. Just raise your hand if you're struggling to believe that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For each person that raised your hand, God is going to, God is partnering with you to shatter that wall. He is drawing you into place He's putting a tool in your hand to smash down the wall of separation. Remember, the veil torn from the top to the bottom. God is ready to move, and he's going to give you a tool to partner with him in that removal of the wall of separation. Because he loves you perfectly, whether or not you believe it or not. He does. And I command a breakthrough in your life right now in Jesus' name. You will no longer be at a distance with God. Father, for every heart that is struggling with this, God, I pray that that they would just come humbly to you with nothing else in hand and say, God, I, I just want you. I just want you. I just want you. Thank you, Lord. 
As we close, I think we should just sing the bridge to that song again. Thank you, Lord. Because this is where I'm meant to be. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.